0: Oh, uh-huh.
2: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our friend Tim Lacombe coming up here momentarily. Of course, uh, when we have our Jazz Insiders on, it's brought to you by our good friends at Cypress Credit Union. Uh, With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. Like I said, we're going to talk to Tim in a moment, former BYU assistant, uh, former uh, Utah staff member as well, and uh, my co-host on Jazz Half and Postgame Coverage. In fact, uh, let's get out to the zone phone joining us now. He is Tim Lacombe. What's up, Tim?
3: Last time I checked, I am Tim Lacombe.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, this has nothing to do with the NBA, but I want to bring something up because I know you talked to DJ and PK about this, and when I brought it up with Gordon the other day, he called me crazy. So, if in college basketball, they uh, basically make it the Wild West as far as transfers go. I said that you're going to have to give up the handshake line. That's going to have to go away. And Gordon called me crazy. Explain why.
3: Because it already is.
2: <laughs> it's already <laughs> happening.
3: No, just, no. Hey, look, you give. I mean, basically a free billboard, right? If you give that opportunity to walk through, um, and if a guy's doing his job, and that's a guy who technically is recruitable you're all over that thing so yeah i agree with you jake i think they probably ought to just keep this wave for like a point like good to see you guys thanks for kicking our
0: tail see you next time and you know that whole thing
2: see there you go gordon what do you think you called me crazy uh, i'm
0: just i'm just absorbing uh, what uh, tim a man who i respect greatly just said
2: Okay, there you go. Uh,
0: Gordon, I tried uh, I, to call I, I, you I, yesterday and you didn't answer. So happy birthday a day late, buddy. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Sorry, I. Did, you called me. Huh. I did, but well, it I, was when, It I, was on
3: I, that contraption, like you know, like cell phone. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I know that I, I, as I'm getting up there in age, I realize this things can be difficult.
0: See, here, here's here's the thing about what Jake's getting at here, Tim. He believes that that once a player, once a student enters a certain school, that he should never be able to leave, that he should be uh, held to that agreement from now till kingdom come. Not that's, true.
2: That, I just think there should be a deterrent, and I'm fine with the current rule. Thank you. All right. There's a little okay. difference between that and kingdom come, thank you. <laughs> now, very much.
3: now, kids, not when when Grandpa Tim comes around, it's not
0: time to quarrel and True. make me pick a side. Good so, point. We, we've been we, we've been yelling at each other the whole show. So, we have, you know. In fact, let's the whole uh, show. How about the whole month?
2: true <laughs> gordon do you want to lay out the ref question or do you want me to you want to you want to buy us no, you right no, 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 no. well you i talked it. to i talked to tim about a lot of this stuff uh last night but tim give us your overall reaction to what we heard in the post game from mike donovan rudy quinn snyder i don't know if you had a chance to see the the two minute report from the nba but i'd be curious to your reaction to that as well but what did, what'd you make about what we saw and heard last night against philly
3: well, I think a lot of frustration spilled over. And, you know, I don't think it's been a thing that's been talked about because I think the point was made that, you know, the Jazz, for the most part, are guys that just play along and go out and do their thing. Um, you know, I would say Bojan's probably one of the – probably Bojan and Rudy in that order probably the ones that are clamoring for a foul more than anybody else. Um, but we've made the observation that it seems as though Donovan, at least Donovan um, – really does get kind of treated differently and isn't quite whatever that threshold is you have to meet he's not quite there yet in the referee's eyes um and i think there's more than anything frustration spilled over now you know a day later you sit back and a an rational person said you know and you said this last night jake that it probably doesn't do a whole lot of good to go out and say something about it um but at the same time you know, the one thing that we all love is people to be honest and just tell the truth. And, and so I think there's a lot of that stuff that – there's a lot of bottled-up honesty that just kind of came spilling to the top. Um, and in the, the explanation in the last two minutes, it's, I, I, I now understand more of what they were talking about. Um, you know, the ball, basically they're saying hit the referee, uh, hit Royce and hit the referee and was out of bounds. Therefore, it was Philly ball. Um and so that, you know, I I understand what they're trying to say there. I think that's now just kind of a judgment thing. But more than anything, I feel like the Jazz just tried to voice frustration they've been having over the first half of the season.
0: You and Jake, Tim, that there were some horrible calls made. And the fact that in the two-minute uh, paper or whatever list that they have, comes out and justifies that, uh, that hooking call on Donovan Mitchell just makes no sense to me still. And when, when Jake read it on the air, I mean, I'm just sitting there shaking my head saying, that's not what I saw. I saw what I saw, and I saw Ben Simmons foul uh, Donovan Mitchell. So I, I, I recognize that there were some bad calls last night. And I understand the frustration, cause, but I, I just don't think that the officials have it in for the Utah Jazz. I, I I mean, there are missed calls all the time. You know this. You know, when you were sitting on the sideline, uh, courtside in the college game, I mean, there are missed calls on every trip. Yeah. I mean, there, there are. That's been my experience. And yet I think NBA officials are the best officials in the world. And and uh, but but there are times when they just can't make the right call. But I don't think it's because they think to themselves, "All right, who am I? Who, who am I judging here? Uh, who, who? Which one of the players is involved? Which one of the teams is involved?" And so somehow I'm going to skew this thing. I think they just have errors in, uh, in judgment, and and that that's a problem that needs to be fixed. But I don't think it's a collective aim on the part of the officiating crews. Yeah, I mean, it's funny as it goes back to the whole idea. You know,
3: uh, I remember growing up and being, um, you know, frustrated at times, being a Jazz fan, that you felt like maybe this whole thing is stacked against small markets. You hear Mike Conley talked about that last night. And so it must be something that at least exists because if it exists and there's people that talk about it, and, and I know reveries are awesome and they try their best, but, you know, we did have a referee that was fixing games as an NBA official. So I do believe that, you know, the narrative is probably important to the NBA. I don't know whether it goes on or not or if, if small market teams are looked down upon or not. But I've heard enough talk about it that it's, it might be a thing. Um, but it's just one of those things that it also could be, Gordon, to your point. I'm way less emotional about calls when they don't directly affect me. Um, when I sit in the stands, you know, I can sit back and say, I can kind of see how a ref saw that. And when you're engaged in it and you're t- they're taking food off your table, you know, it- it's a little harder to see it. And the emotions, emotions do get a little bit cloudy. I will say that from experience. I'm not saying that's what's going on here. But from my personal experience, I'm way less. I notice the wet refs way less at times, you know, being an observer, a fan, perhaps, and somebody just likes basketball, as opposed to somebody that's kind of living and dying on every call.
0: Jake, Jake do we have? Have we had any word on whether there are any fines uh, coming down?
2: Have not seen any. No.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: Tim Lacoma is with us, 97 and twelve eighty. The zone, Tim. I want to ask you this question, then Gordon, if you wouldn't mind taking a stab at this, and I'm curious if if all three of us match up. All right. Uh, cliche question, but but I'm curious to see if we all have the same answer or, or different answers. What is the signature moment of uh, or game moment, however you want to interpret it, of the first half of this NBA season for the Utah Jazz?
3: Um, do you want me to go first, Gordon? Sure. You know what I think? Um, I would actually probably say that encapsulates everything is donovan's interview with Shaq after the game um
2: that's a good and, and
3: the reason i only qualify that because the jazz just had an awesome win against dallas really kind of ran them around uh it was kind of the height of the streak and you know much like most of the basketball pundits you know the jazz like has been said is it Nick Wright? I don't even want to.
2: Yeah, we
3: mm-hmm. yeah. use his name because he's a moron. But I mean, you know, the Jazz are adorable, right? That that's kind of the the narrative. But yet, the Jazz just played an it's awesome adorable. game. And Donovan throws the headphones on and immediately gets questioned. So I think that kind of encapsulates, encapsulates the first half. Great because the Jazz really are the talk of the NBA um, and amongst the basketball people. I think. There's a lot of people going, wow, they're really making kind of a a shift in basketball landscape, and then I think there's a whole bunch of other people on the side saying, you know, this is a cute little experiment, but we all know what's going to happen when the playoffs come. And so I think that moment kind of encapsulates
0: the first half.
2: That's a good answer. Gordon?
0: Yeah, that is a good one, Tim. I I guess I – can I cheat here a little bit? Because I I would say – never. Encapsulation here is either Donovan or Mike Conley – or Joe Ingles, or Boyan Bogdanovich, or Royce O'Neill elevating from the three-point line and shooting that shot. That's because not a
2: moment. That,
0: it's not. It, I know it's a collective moment. It's uh, yeah. You could take any one of those guys, and uh, and and look at the three-point shot that they've attempted because that's what the Jazz are doing. I mean, I, obviously that's a simplification, but it's a huge part of what they're doing. This season, and I think it's defined it uh, along with the defense, too. But I mean, that three point <laughs> shot is what what uh, Quinn has
2: really stressed. The moment for me would be when they smoked Milwaukee on the road to Milwaukee the first time. It's a great one. Because they were, coming the off, whole thing, right? yeah, they were coming off the back-to-back losses, and all the naysayers out there were saying, oh, this team is flawed. And then they just smoked the Bucks, absolutely smoked them, and then won the next 10 games after that and then went on to win, you know, 21 of 23 or whatever it capped out on. But I thought that moment where we saw him just cream uh, one of the best teams in the league on the road to get things started, that that was my answer to it.
0: Man, Jake, you know, I really feel like the odd man out because uh, I feel like, you know, it's like the Sesame Street thing when they used to say, which of these doesn't belong? My answer didn't belong with y- you guys' answers. Yours were much better,
2: right? Gosh. You uh, mean pick the the signature moment of the, of the season <laughs> didn't mean, well, you know, the whole team making threes.
3: <laughs> and, you know, I mean. And the defense. <laughs> the Je- That jazz bear with his long fishing pole from the upper deck dropping pretzels. (laughs) That was one of the great moments for me off the cuff. Jake and I were sitting there watching. um, You know, we, we, we watched the big board from the studio, and it was a break, and we were enjoying probably something very nice that Jake bought me that night to eat. And they're showing the bear, and he's dropping a pretzel down in the middle of a pandemic, mind you. And we, we, we're distanced, and we've got masks on, but about five, seven guys come crashing for this pretzel. It's banging off every dude's hands. A little kid gets a shot at it. And it ends up dropping to this old lady, and she's, she has it in her hand, and she looks at it and hands, hands it to her husband. So I, that
0: was kind of the moment for me of off-the-floor levity in the middle of a pandemic in the NBA That's, season. That, that is, boy... Man, I can't compete with that. That's a that's, that's beautifully tough.
2: said. That's the answer. That's yeah, it.
0: yeah. I should have been a writer, Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. I mean, it's not too late. What yeah, was... I guess. You know, I guess m- maybe you could do an online
3: class for some of us derelicts.
0: <laughs> no, I really like that idea because it it really does illustrate uh, a lot of what teams are dealing with this year. Uh, and what yep. some people are absolutely ignoring. Yep, no doubt. Maybe you know <laughs> what I should have done. I should have picked. I mean, how about that Donovan Mitchell three-pointer he hit late in the game against the Lakers that helped seal that deal? What, what, is that better? Is that better?
2: I yeah. don't remember well, the you
3: particular go. one, but I'm with you. That's a moment.
2: That is a moment. <laughs> Tim LaCombe is with us. Ninety-seven-five and and twelve. Hey, hey. Hey, can I can I interject real quick, Jake? Please. I
3: have a guest with me right now. It's, it's been out of the scene for a minute, but we're driving around together. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. David Rose.
2: Hey, Coach Rose, how about hey. that? What's up, Coach? Uh, it's a good it's a good day. I actually know my name today, so that's <laughs> good, man. How you doing? Oh man, we're great. It's great to talk to you. We saw you even made it to the BYU game the other night. That, that's that's terrific.
1: Yeah, I did. That was a, a quite a home stand. You know, they, uh, the Thursday night game, they had a big lead and barely kind of finished it off. And then they they kind of put uh, St. Mary's out the put them to sleep there at the end. Those was, was good, 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 really good wins. And I think that they they're playing as well as they played all year long. I, I've watched as much as I can, and I uh, I'm excited to watch this tournament, and see what happens.
0: Dave, my question to you, my primary question to you is, what are you doing hanging out with Tim Lacombe?
1: <laughs> you know what? Uh, if you don't know Tim Lacombe, then you don't hang out with him. If you know him, you'll want to hang out with him because <laughs> this guy, he, I mean, we had 12 of the best years together, you know, at BYU. And uh, I'm just, I'm really fortunate that uh, the guy still likes me. And, uh, you know, we get to get to hang out, and our wives are good friends. And,
2: you know, he just works so dang much. I just can't get him to, you know, settle down. Well, I was going to say. Ever heard,
0: have, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim. I was
2: going to say, Coach Rose, I appreciate you lending me uh, Tim this season for, for the jam. So <laughs> he's he's killing it. He's doing a great job, and uh, well, hey, I appreciate if anybody
1: that. If anybody wondered how viable he was to our staff, they don't anymore. Yeah. Because uh, the guy's got an unbelievable insight to not just the game but the people of the game and unless you know Tim then you won't really understand what that means but but he knows what's happening between the people who's playing the game as well as the game itself and that's what I loved about him.
0: Dave I want to ask you about what's happening in basketball in general right now because it seems like it's Really exaggerated with what the Jazz are doing. But I, I see it all around at the college level and the pro level is this emphasis on the three point shot. What do you make of the modern game? And it is it is unbelievable. I was watching a deal last night and and I think it was the SEC they
1: were talking about, but they had an award for um, gosh, one of the teams in the in the SEC who played an entire second half of the game and did not shoot a two point shot they shot a three pointer or a free throw and they had nothing else uh, involved in a game that maybe they played. I think it was last week. And that that tells you where the game's going. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, the more that you spread the floor uh, and the more you play shooters, I mean, the jazz, they've got four shooters on the floor all the time, every, you know, every minute of the game and sometimes five and, and uh I, I it just i would hate to be a defensive guy in the league right now because those are the guys who have really got the challenge of trying to figure out how they're going to stop these uh these teams that are just putting uh space on the floor and great shooters.
2: They're playing like you coach coach rose, you know, to play <laughs> quick, shoot that 3. Do you ever think you know, to yourself, you're... man, I was ahead of the game?
1: Yeah, we were we were ahead of the game and uh you know, we just uh We just didn't, you know, figure out that instead of having one or two, you need about seven or eight.
3: (laughs) You know what's crazy? When I got to BYU, because you guys have to remember, I worked for Coach Majerus, and and I've said this before, but shooting the basketball was a sacred privilege. And if you got anointed as such as a shooter, then you got to shoot. And all the other guys just blocked and screened. And I remember coming down to BYU after that background and watching – you know this thing getting tossed around like a like a a penny you know everybody got to shoot and I asked coach about it early on and he said man I tell you what I learned a bunch from my high, my college coach Guy Lewis and said he used to sit over there on the side and what do you have under his, his Dr. Pepper's yeah under Dr. Pepper's. His, under his seat and in an old crate and he'd sit there and drink Dr. Pepper's and those guys would just scrimmage and he'd want them to race it and shoot it and Man, when I got down there and I kind of saw that, you know, it's a totally different way to go about the game, but you you guys are dead on. Coach was ahead of his time in terms of the pace of it and then enabling a bunch of guys, you know, to, to shoot it and make plays. I think that's what was really cool about the, the run we had, or, you know, uh, at BYU.
1: I think, I think the one thing that as a player and then turned into a coach, and I was a – I was a you know, a high school coach and then a JV high school coach, uh, then a junior college assistant coach, junior college head coach, and then I coached as an assistant at BYU for eight years before I became the head coach there. And through all that time, I really wanted the guys to really have fun when they were playing. And the funnest thing as a player is to shoot the ball. And I think that uh, that's what we kind of, but I got, I mean, I had guys, geez. I mean, I had Jimmer and Jackson and guys who could really shoot Kyle Collins with who wasn't the greatest shooter, but he he had a great feel for spacing. And I mean, you think of the guys that, that I was able to coach over the years uh, at BYU. And I had guys who loved to play on the offensive side and, the years we were really good defensively were our best teams because I think we were always pretty good offensive team.
0: Dave, it's pretty hard to beat your experience as a player in college, but if you considered everything that's happened in your basketball career, if you were to single it down to one moment of great emotion, which one would you pick? This is where you pick seven, Coach. Well, this,
1: is, <laughs> this is really hard, you know, because I think about it all the time. And what I've really done in my mind is I've, I have. I have. I've, I've put it to two. And, you know, the the greatest uh, experience in college basketball was being able to play in the championship game and having a lead late and thinking you're going to win the championship. Obviously, we didn't. Uh, and the same thing in... And as a coach, when we we're in, uh, you know, the Sweet 16 and we're in, in overtime and you think we're going to win that game and go to the lead Eight, and you just – those are kind of the two moments of my basketball career where I think I was pretty close, but not close enough, but it was really fun.
2: Well, Tim, thank you for jumping on with us as always. And, and Coach Rose, can't tell you how glad we are to talk to you today, yeah. and we're so happy you're well. Thank you both so very much. Yeah.
3: Hi well, guys, I sprung it on him and you, so hopefully it was okay. That was great. No. Are you kidding? That Perfect. was awesome. Anytime. I, I think maybe we ought to do a podcast, Coach and I, from the car. Maybe that's a good idea. That's a great
2: <laughs> idea. Absolutely. Let's All make right, it happen you All right,
3: y'all. Have an awesome day. Sure, love you.
2: Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. There you go. Our friend Tim LaCombe and a surprise visit from Coach Dave Rose. That man, that's that was fun. That was great.
0: Man, terrific hearing his voice. Yeah.
2: Huh? Oh yeah, and he sounds it's, great. That's awesome. Yeah, That's he's so had awesome. some
0: battles uh, health-wise, and uh, for him to come through it like this, I think Tim classified it in his estimation as a miracle.
2: Yeah. It, know, yeah
0: what, I, uh, what Dave is the way Dave has bounced
2: back? Can we make it official yet that, that he's the toughest dude on the planet? Is that has that <laughs> been decided? <laughs> <I don't, laughs> I think, if it hasn't, I think we should make it official.
0: Well, if you, if you if you if you beat cancer and you f- fight back from a stroke, I'm, I imagine that's uh that's saying something. I I don't know very many people that don't like Dave Rose, do you?
2: No. Nope, no. Nope. I mean, one i of the good ones.
0: I I sang his pra- I've sung his praises and I've uh, been kind of an SOB to him through the
2: years. But he is one hell of a a, a good person. No doubt. I say it that. Way.